0: All Things Aussie Hoops and MBL Fantasy. Three blokes catching up over a can of three. So many things that we cannot wait to see. Do we like cheese and pinot? Now that Wetzel chose to go, or with a sieve and some Frenchmen, can the pretzel raise his dough? The defending champ signed Dell of the Dover. Mo Harvey's still the next star, but Willie Supernova. There are makers and hunters and cooks for the kings. But will it end up in championship rings? Harvey's floating around again. He'll be picking, rolling. With Big Juke Reef and two blokes named Frolling. We love Big Will that thrills and Kai Soto from the field. And Big Zim on the rim with Machado feeding him. with a bullets be a force with Sobe and Tyrell? When the law's headed west, only time will tell. So without further ado, we're back for MBL 22. G'day listeners, you're... Back with Benny Banksy and Boydie, the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy,
1: and we're just coming a hot off game of the season. Well, I, it is nine thirty-two PM, Ooh. and I was gonna check. You you're still awake, mate? Yeah, hanging oh, in there. Because uh, rumor has it that uh, you missed the game. I uh, did. You went to bed. You fell asleep. Time. I did. I was shagged.
0: <laughs>
1: I you interpret how, that how you want to, but um, oh, okay. Congratulations on that. Um, mm-hmm. But commiserations because it was a, a fantastic game, a game of the season. Um, Hugo Besson just turned it on, um, mm-hmm. the two big boys from Perth and another Bryce Cotton buzzer beater. So that was uh, awesome in the game that I honestly thought was going to be a blowout but turned out to be not just the game of the round but the game of the season. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Great I, way to finish I,
1: off. That's it.
0: And uh, look, to be honest, I was uh, I was throwing up at halftime because uh, I'm a Chasson Randall
1: owner, so <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't deal with it any any longer than halftime. That's right. So yeah, that's fully understandable. Then, so a game that you did go to and did see the whole thing though was the Throwdown, mate. Now, congratulations to Banksy and his mm-hmm. United fans. But well, I just I couldn't get there. So I wanted to know, because I saw lots of the NBL media types in attendance saying that this was like a, almost like a throwback in the crowd, atmosphere-wise, to like the glory days of, and we hadn't really had anything like this in Melbourne for quite yep. some time. I, I just wanted your take on that. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a real 50-50 crowd, to be honest, um, um, a Phoenix
0: member, but we ended up having Husey sit sitting right next to us with his with his kid and and his kid's friend, and I think they were. I think one kid was going for Phoenix, for the other kid was going for United, and I was a bit. But there was just we were surrounded by United fans, even in our Phoenix members' seats, including one particularly angry guy the other side of us. So um, <laughs> um, it was really good atmosphere, man. It was um, it's probably one of the best games atmosphere-wise that I've been to, um, and it was good to have both. Teams, I know. I know the Perth fans are going to suck up about us talking about the atmosphere of a Melbourne game like that. I'm, I'm sure the Perth games, the Red Army is just bananas. But obviously, you're thinking over there that they're all supporting the one team. So it was awesome to be in the in the stadium for once and have sort of both teams supported. So teams are going, you know, fans are going nuts on both ends. So it was, um, yeah, it was good apart from the ending.
1: And let's be all, let's, let's Phoenix move spoke. on from that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we were all Wildcat fans on the weekend, Banksy, speaking of Wildcat fans.
2: We were, and uh, a good week <coughs> for the captains, of course. Um, really was juggling up between the two big boys, Law and Cotton, and um, as I broke it down in my captains, just thought Law was the, had the better ceiling, um, better chance of getting the double-double, and he obviously rewarded us in that first game against United. Uh, I can't remember how many rebounds he finished on, but it was a huge 20-point double-double mean? he put up. Something like that, wasn't it? It was huge. And um, that had us talking a little bit today, particularly in the MBL experts chat that we're in, um, was that the biggest score, individual score we've seen in particularly fantasy times with the MBL. So Law finished on 199 this round, Cotton 145, not too far behind. Um, but this is where I'm pretty proud. We've got a little bit of a work out with the player fantasy game log we've got on the website, basketballblokes.com. It's actually come in use for probably the second time for the season, boys. But (laughs) um, (laughs) if we look at some of the other bigger scores out there, I don't think we could see one as large as Laws from what we've got on file. So in NBL 21 across triples, Creek posted a 149, Law, Law posted a 161. And I was surprised to see JLA on the triple last season scored a 155.
1: Now, um, something a little bit interesting about that, we all remember when JLA scored 155, right? No, is what Banksy Banksy was uh, I'm just giving, you, giving it away here, Banksy. You're like, JLA had a 155 and then it clicked. What happened in that round, Banksy?
2: It was a dark day for captains, I think. <laughs> Us, along with the majority of the competition locked in, jock lock jock and we know what happened there he went down very early with injury didn't he a, a
1: total of 12 for the round so mm, yuck so jla giving us forecast of things to come
2: now there was also some really big scores on the doubles last season as well we had josh giddy with 157 across the double and space cam oliver with 162 on a double there as well then we've got my boy mooney some huge scores on the triple, 160, 152, 182 when we had our autopilot captain last season. Also some massive scores from him on the double with a 145, 153, 163, and they were all double games last uh, season. Um, if we look back, even the season before, MBL 20, some big scores from big names on the double. Bogut went a on 155 and Sean Long a 149. And um one that almost got the record was LaMallo Ball's last two games were hundred and fourteen and eighty eight for two hundred and two combined points. I think one of those was a triple double from memory as well. Whoa, back to but back. um yeah, does not get the record. Those two scores were unfortunately in separate rounds Not
1: in his bad last two a, scores. With a mm. sore foot or sore heel or whatever he was going with. But um uh, it was fun for me to go through these game logs, Banksy and um uh, I've created a little a little game out of it. I'm going to challenge you, bikes, to a segment which I like to call "insert game show music." Guess the game logs. Okay. So, boydy, I'm going to lay out the rules here. Um, your buzzer is Phoenix, and Banksy, yours is going to be with United. Now, give me a break. I thought of this about 20 minutes ago. So we'll see mm-hmm. how we go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go through question by question. Now, if you jump in with an answer, your opponent gets a free crack at it. So be careful before jumping in. So, player one, guess the game logs for 10 points. I played six games in NBL 21. We're going to pass or you're going to have a go?
2: Six games. I got nothing.
1: Moving on. For eight points, I averaged 18 fantasy points in that time.
2: You're not making it easy.
1: I wouldn't pick someone random. That's fair to say that. In fact, pre-pod, this name was mentioned. body anything? Not going to jump in? No. For six points, I was a PGSG. They played six games in NBL twenty one, averaging eighteen fantasy points.
2: Oh no! We're not so looking good right now, here, Phoenix. He thinks he knows it.
0: I, I don't, but I think the only name I can for finish. four
2: points. For no, he's, four he's, points. he's buzzed in. No,
1: no he's buzzed I, in. No, he's asked a question. He's, I'm going to give you some leeway. For four points, I played for Adelaide. Phoenix. Slime. Bing, 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 bing.
2: (laughs) Why would you do that?
1: 40. 40 gets... So this
2: is a chance for redemption. I've I've tried to wipe that name from memory, understandably. I'm not sure why you've done that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Big disadvantage, but there is one more player. You have a chance at redemption here, Banksy, for 10 points. I played three games in NBL 20.
0: Phoenix. Rice.
1: Ding, 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 ding. Boydie taking it out. Glenn Rice, three games in MPL 20, averaging 51.67 SGSF, played for New Zealand with the initials of GR. Glenn Rice, congratulations, Boydie. You are this week's winner. I've guessed the game logs and. Being
0: Banksy better Banks, so say Banksy
1: feels it sounds a bit filthy about this game. Is that 14. right? Banksy? Well,
2: uh, considering I made the game logs, it's pretty disappointing, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, and look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might, uh, I'm gonna keep this going if I can create some a uh, little bit of intro music. I can. We'll see how we go, and I reckon, the I reckon we'll see it. you
0: know we'll, we might see this game logs questions. What's it called quiz uh, next week? Guess Banksy, I reckon if. Uh, the Cheese and pinos end up uh, as the ordinary bloke. What do, oh, what do you well, think, Banksy? Is that, is that what this... I see a coincidence here.
1: Well, we've got a lot to get through. Of course, that's not why we're going to go through the review, sure. but just to show you, just an example of how my team's going, I actually updated the website in the rolling rosters to account for NBL 23's teams. so that's showing how good my fantasy team is going. <laughs> but that is the end of Guess the Games Logs, and we'll move on to Body's Injuries. The Injury Report with Dr. Boyd.
0: All right, this week we saw uh, quite a few come back. We had Tahir McCall come back for the second game. Besto was back. Yanni was back. Beamer was back. McDowell White. Um, Hugo Beson was back. Nate Jawai was back. Maker was back. Uh, But there was also some more injuries, unfortunately. Rowdy, we saw in the game that I was there live, did not look good. Um, AC joint sprain, uh, looks like he's out for a month, they're saying now, which has him returning in round 20. Dr.
1: Boyd, Mm -hmm.
0: um, what's an AC joint, what does that stand for? Oh, that's your air conditioning joint. Um, <laughs> and it's it's um it's basically when you wave your arm around a lot, and that sort of creates the same thing as an air conditioner. There's the airflow. Um, yeah, so it's um it's that part up there. Thank no, you. It's, it's um. It's Thanks for to, clarifying. It's, it's it's connected to your apodosis, and it's ah. um. We <laughs> should have stuck the, with the
1: first answer. It was brilliant. Um, but shoulder, <laughs> um, <shoulder. laughs> um, but oh yeah, I was wondering, you know, it's is a chicken this wing, the, the it's a chicken
0: the, wing, isn't it? That's what they that's what it's they, that's the loose term for it. It's a chicken oh, wing.
1: Oh, I, I thought it was the shoulder broke off, but yeah. Who knows. Anyway, yep. Yeah,
0: moving on. Something along those lines. Um, uh, Xavier Cooks ankle sprain at training. Time, timeline for return is currently unknown. Um, And he will be reassessed this week um, as Benny's flexing his uh, air conditioning joint uh, in the Skype screen as we speak Uh, with his COVID-positive out seven days. Keep (laughs) an eye on that. Chance to return, Maganay. They said it was March the 11th, was it? That far back. Not sure exact timeline. Two to three weeks, I think Roth said. Three to four weeks at the time. Something along those lines. Uh, And it's around about that. Um, I'm not sure of the exact timeline, but he's going well and doing more and more on the court, was the update on the 11th of March. He's shooting really well, and his confidence is up. It's just a matter of him building the strength back in his knee and his confidence to get back into his game style.
1: There's a chance based on the original timeline.
0: So you're seeing there's a chance. Um, but probably build. at this stage of the this season, way. you don't you want to be seeing him first before you be putting him in your side. Um, one to keep an eye on though, because he's that around that million buck price, so um, could be a cheap option if he starts bowling out longer term guys. Based on the initial estimates, Hodgson and Barlow round 18, Sobey round 19, Tyrell Harrison round 18 as well. So a couple of weeks
1: at least for those four, you would think. Um, Banksy, I think you mentioned it. You were wondering who would be the benefactors of Rowdy being out for South East Melbourne. they obviously got a good schedule to come. You're about to talk to the schedule, talk about the schedule next, but um, worth touching on who we think. Have you got any any opinions, or you want to leave it to Bordie as the South East Melbourne well, expert? Uh,
2: I just looked at the box score. I didn't see the game like Bordie did, but just judging that he got injured early, I think you said, within the first sort of 15 minutes he played there, and then you saw Tarangi and Glidden probably split the minutes, Tarangi getting slightly more with those extra minutes off the bench. So nothing really fantasy relevant. Um, what springs to <laughs> nice my mind passed, is,
1: Tarangi. you
2: know, you, you're likely probably going to see, if anything, Creek and, and maybe even Munford get a bit of a, a yep. boost with the, the scoring going to them guys. Yeah, as I opposed think, to your Benchies.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think Glidden and, and Tarangi certainly had that defensive... They were the defensive guys on, on during the game on the weekend, now that they're both fit. Um, but offensive-wise, I think Mumford took a big step up. Um, even Leafa um, took a bit of a step up uh, offensively-wise on the weekend. So, But I think Creek and Mumford are the two guys you want to be focusing on at the Phoenix at the moment, I would think, especially Creek. Um it just doesn't look like he's having really a down game. Um, although he hasn't been probably shooting the lights out as much as he had fantasy point wise as he has early, maybe earlier in the season. Um, but Mumford looks like he's back in a form with a forty three and forty over the last two. So,
2: and most importantly, twenty four actual points in the game, which was his yep. basically second best shooting game for the for the season.
0: Yep.
1: All right, let's move on to the schedule. Failing to plan
2: is planning to fail. It's time for the Schedulizer. Can you believe it, blokes? We have a full remaining season schedule.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: Six weeks to go. So we've got all the way through to round 21. So with 21 rounds confirmed, that means there's only 12 trades left for the year.
1: (sighs) 12 times to butcher a trade. wonder if I can do it. (laughs)
2: so trades are gold from here on out um now what we did learn and as suspected cans have doubles for the remainder of the year so there's no triples but you can basically bring those boys in knowing that they've got doubles here on out um adelaide have the next best schedule we've learned they've got a single in round 17 only but aside from that double in every other round Um, The Phoenix have the third best schedule with a single in round 18 and 19. Sorry, that should be 20. Sorry, 18 and 20. Um, But that aside, four doubles across the course of the remainder. Uh, New Zealand have the only triple in the schedule. So important triple be planned for in round 19. So how heavy do you go there? But importantly, that triple is surrounded by singles as well. Um, The teams with the perfect league final schedule, meaning focusing on doubles in round 20 and 21, are your Perth, Sydney, Adelaide and Cairns. So if you're focusing on those league wins, important to be stacked up with those guys particularly.
1: Very good. Now, interesting, obviously, that Perth and Sydney have the, I guess, the poorer short term schedule, but if you're in a really good position, Banksy to take out a Patreon league perhaps without uh, – maybe you should be holding some of these guys or getting them in early just so we don't have to give away hundreds of dollars of uh, vouchers along the way. But um, some other sort of talking points, I reckon, from the schedule release. As I mentioned, like the Perth, Sydney don't have a good score uh, schedule. So these guys that are in the 50-point average club, Cooks, JLA, Jalen, Law, they really all have – bad schedules compared to compared to other players so um players that we want to get in at different points um when their schedule is good but uh yeah tough decisions to be made on those guys now um i'm going to just quickly throw it to you guys cairns what players are you happy to have there for the whole of the season um Bordy, give us one. We can alternate. Who would be your first nomination, Bordy? Oh, McCall, obviously. Yep. Banksy? Anyone apart from McCall?
2: Well, I don't have the big three, so I'd take any, but um, <laughs> Zim would be have to be the, the next big guy with a big ceiling.
0: Bordy, anyone else? I think Machado at his price, because yep, even if you I'd slot agree. him in at, at that cheap price on your bench for most of the time, um, yep. I
1: think it's worthwhile having him in there. Yep. And... I'll just we'll talk about some others a bit later on but uh Quoll. how are you feeling about your bull Quoll ownership gents because you both have him is that right
2: yeah been trying to get him out for a few rounds now to be fair yep and you know it, he just doesn't have the other stat categories to go along with his three-point shooting is is usually tries to lock down defensively on the opposition's best scorer but outside of scoring we're just not getting anything else that's fantasy relevant so yeah, he's, he's not one I'd be aiming for. He's one I'm trying to get out my team in with that schedule.
1: Beautiful. Um, I'm
0: I'm not yep, getting him out. I'm happy with him just sitting there. He's getting his points that are that he's priced at. Yep. Um, I think he went up about 30K this month, 13K it was. Yep. Um, so he's priced at around about what he's getting. I think I paid a little bit under for him. So I'm just happy to let him sit there. I think at his price, I'm, I'm not going to be able to upgrade him to anyone special. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think that would be a little bit of a waste to trade on the bench when you're only getting half points anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd almost I think have that got one more. Yeah. Anyway. Is he a power forward? Yeah. Yeah, we we'll talk about them a bit later on. So okay. we'll cover that off on. then. Cool. Um, what about Adelaide? So plenty of Cairns options that we're happy with, but what about the 36ers, Banksy, any, any that you would feel comfortable with having in for the rest of the season?
2: Well, I'm kind of biased here because I feel my team got a little bit shot by those that stacked with McCarran and DJ particularly yeah. Um, with the schedule last couple of rounds and I deflected from bringing either of those guys and we know what happened there, particularly with DJ over the last few rounds. So um, I think you would be silly not to have a look at those guys with the second best schedule. Um, but I guess outside of those two, I don't think there's anyone yeah, else. Yeah, i agree. There DJ and who? McCarran. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. What are your thoughts on Daniel Johnson, Boyd? Still just such an unsexy pick,
2: but... <laughs> he's probably But he's probably priced at the point now where he's just matched his output. And I thought we saw last game what can happen with DJ as well. Yep. Um, he definitely, you know, he, he got benched for long stretches there as well without yep. trying to get back in the game. And as a result, he had a dirty fantasy score. So I don't think he's, his price is certainly not going to go up from here. Unless you've got him now, I mean, I'm not looking at bringing him in because I think there's other players at the position now with better schedules thinking forward than what he has.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, for competition. Example, well, yeah, not better example, schedule,
2: but but better
1: point output.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there's better options around. Like, I'm, I'm more happy to take a Zimmerman, let's say, if, you, if yeah. you've if got a centre position. Um, if you're looking in a powerful position, and am
1: probably... Mm,
2: even Franks, is, after this round, he's got that, that stretch yeah, of three back to back doubles. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Beautiful. And um, South East Melbourne's probably the other team with a good schedule. And I think we kind of nailed that down that it's Creek and it potentially, potentially an option for Mumford. But would that be a season long bench stash? Yes. Yep. Interesting. Cool. Um, Possibly. But you'd yeah. start him
0: if you need to. Yep. That's, the, that's the beauty that's of having someone quality like a month that not sitting
1: on your bench because you can probably afford to start him if you have to. Beautiful. Well, speaking of month uh, being, being a point guard, what we're going to go through next is, I mean, we've finally got to the point where we've got this schedule um, and we're going to go through position by position and talk about some fantasy points that we want to make with your side going forward and how we think that you should be, finalizing your team with the remaining games to go um i'm going to start off with the point guard plans and uh that's actually body you can yep. kick us off mate maccas is good for you
0: maccas is good for you that's it mccarran and machado we're talking about there um but it also works for siva
1: um let's be honest you've got... it's uh machado and anyone yeah, that's <laughs> it. Machado on anyone because
0: they've got, yeah, obviously. Um, but I'm talking more like you, if you don't want to start Machado most weeks, yeah, you could have, say, have Siver on the bench because they've got the double next round and Adelaide have only got single. They've also got that triple in round 19 to keep your eye on. Um, and his, his form at the moment, Siver is, a, you know, what's the average in 45 or something at the moment, I think. Um, yeah. So... You just put, put up probably, my backer in that almost, last game. Apart from Jalen Adams, he's probably the... Most informed, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I'm, yeah, I think about. that McCarran and Machado is the the big Mac combo that you yep. want to have. Like, ideally, yep. with that schedule, it's a great thing. But um, for poor teams like me, I'm looking at the small Mac meal, which is Machado and potentially playing him as a starter right mm-hmm. throughout the season. I think that that is another option that you could go with. Yep. And then you're finding another value option like a Munford potentially that you mentioned or even someone um, like Kenyon or someone even down that far who's in good form at the moment. Um, Banksy, your I'm just going to butt in. Sorry, keep going. Um, The trouble is at the moment I'm stuck with all
0: three. I've got the Maccas and I've got Siva and I can't get – I just can't justify getting rid of any of them at present.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, too much Maccas. So, so Macca's is good for you two, in, in moderation. Moderation, boy. Yeah, that's Come it.
0: On. I'm stuck with two point guards on, on, you know, with a point guard and a and a six-man point guard at six-man as well at the moment. It's kind of – I feel like it's going to hurt me. It hasn't quite hurt me yet because Macker's form has been quite good. Um, but I feel like my day is coming.
1: Banksy, what's the fantasy point that you want to make about point guards?
2: Mine is Jalen or Phelan. Um And for me, just – I've only just traded him out, but now we've got that uh, overall schedule. Jalen must be in your team come round 19 because, as we know, the Kings now round up the season with three back to back doubles, and that includes going through the league finals, importantly, as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like it. There's um, plenty of doubles around those rounds, though, as well. you just got to, because he's so expensive. That's the thing at present. Yeah, you know, he's going to be bumping up. Well, he went up another 100k, didn't he? Oh, he only went up 38k. He's topped out. He yeah,
2: he's peaked. He's peaked but in we're price. we're still talking
0: about almost 1.8 mil. Um, so, you know, for that price, I've got Sivar and Machado, so I'd have to knock two of them, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Makes it, it a bit harder. All right, moving on to shooting guard strategy. And my point is that we need to price for impact. So... Look, I feel that Bryce Cotton in that shooting card position is a must-own when he's on doubles, Um, personally planning on keeping him uh, to his next double game in a couple of weeks, trading him out, and then hopefully being able to bring him back uh, for the remainder of uh, the Perth season. So um, Bryce for impact, fellas. be interesting to see. I understand that some people will have to trade him out, but... um, yeah, that's my fantasy point. In an ideal world, that's what you'd be wanting to do.
2: Agreed. And mine would be McCormick, definitely.
1: No doubt um, about that.
2: Mm-hmm. So with that shooting guard and small forward eligibility, McCall is a must-own given Can's schedule um, and works well. If, you, if you're going to hold on to Cotton, McCall's obviously the perfect candidate to be the other shooting guard because he's got the doubles, obviously, all the way through. So can't go wrong there.
0: Mine's don't go chasing Randall. Um, <laughs> Does that
2: hurt? Um, don't even remind me. Yeah, I know.
0: Well, I thought it was going to be a good option. Um, he had that what, he had a little run there where he had oh, around was about 30-odd. 30
2: yeah, years. he had
1: 34, you know 37 33. I'm
2: completely off the breakers. I had Yarny kill me for two weeks, and yep. now it's Randall. So I'm yep. I'm done with the breakers. Well, they're We're a bit done. all
1: over
0: the place as well. Like I think... You know, obviously, Chasson last night had foul trouble early and it sort of carried often. on there. I just don't think he's part of the offense or anything, really. There's no plays really being run for him. He's just too risky for mine. Um, obviously, we've spoken about it at length. There's too many wings and guards there. Um,
2: he could be the guy when he's being he given the be. opportunity. He's He can be very efficient, and I think there was a, a couple of games there where he scored 20 points when they yep. were... More guards in, but um, realistically, I mean, who fouls out in five minutes?
1: Well, Pinder got close, but yeah. Yep. Um, So who are then, if we've got McCall um, as an option potentially to be started and we can't go Chase and Randall, are there any SG value options that you could pair with McCall knowing that you're just going to play McCall in that position for the rest of the year?
0: I think your boy Matt is probably the one at the moment, averaging around thirty points, fantasy points a game. He's only seven hundred and ten k. He's got the wristy off the hand. Got, yeah, the wristy's gone.
2: Yep. Um And Mumford's obviously got the eligibility as well.
1: Yeah, I think he's value as well. Um yep. Is Isaac White like if you were going real down bottom? Is how's he? He was anyway, your second. suggestion. What did he have last game weeks ago? And he's yeah. a, I don't know what he had. I think he's been all right. It's like at yeah, least getting 18. the teens or something. Oh, really? And yeah. under three hundred k. Look, yep. I think like
0: I'm going I, up 64 k's though, so he's up to three hundred fifty-seven k. Okay,
1: yeah. Look, I think that we're almost at a position where, like, okay, I'm going to lock in McCall if I make that decision. You can, to some extent, throw away, uh, not throw away, but get a value player that you plan on never starting. Yep. Um, to be able to spend that money on some of the big guns we're going to talk about later on for sure. Mm-hmm. Don't mind it. Small forward scenarios now, Banksy. I'm
2: just going to play the easy card here. So here I am again. There you go. McCall, uh, obviously a great chance to be the top scorer as small forward for the remainder of the season. Um, yep. But obviously you can have him in either positions.
1: Yep. Mitch, please. Creek is
2: the number one SF so far,
1: and... Look, if you can afford it, I mean, McCall, Creek, great combination for your SF to finish out the season. Boydie. Yeah, I'm going to go with Calabagata. Who? Oh. Calabagata. Ah,
0: Agata, of um, course. So if you got McCall, Creek, don't know if you want to go someone different. I think he's a good partner for Creek at SF. They got double. You got double coverage all long. They've got the United have that run there of um, three doubles in a row from rounds eighteen to twenty. Um, so I reckon he could be an option. The scary part is the is the is the bad games. I mean, on the weekend he had a had a five. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh wow. So just kind of shows that there's not that many options. You kind of throw a blanket over over the pack. But yeah, a great point as far as obviously. Some of us might want McCall at SG, and if you've got Creek, you probably can keep him. But to cover the fact that Agarda plays when Creek doesn't, mm-hmm. I mean, giving you that double coverage, yep, um, perfect, perfect pair.
2: And there's probably other positions to be unique at. I know that you know these Cairns boys are going to be heavily owned now with that schedule. Let's be honest, most teams are going to have Zimmerman and him McCall, and and also maybe Machado as well. So I think there's other. Positions you want to take a punt at if you're going to be try to be different to the rest of the yep, crowd yeah.
1: And I think that yep, this like gets it. plays out as well as we look at our power forward preferences Banksy All
2: right powerful preferences he, he He cooks he cleans He should be in your fantasy team Xavier cooks has been cleaning the boards this year Particularly in the last four his average 11 rebounds a game and uh, he will absolutely be a must-have come round 19 as they round out with those three back-to-back double games.
1: There we go. So Jalen and Cooks, uh, the Sydney boys proving to be popular targets late in the season. I agree. Um, my fantasy point is to the victor go the spoils and Vic Law, much like Cotton. I think that Vic Law is ideally a must-have when on the doubles as well. We've just talked about his historic round that he's just had, but... This means that one of Cooks or Law would ideally be in that sixth man slot for rounds 19 and 20. Obviously, power forward eligible only. So, if you want them both, you're using your sixth man slot for those all-important finals rounds. yeah, so I've just taken that one off to get <laughs> <line, I've already. laughs> How'd I go? go? Not too bad. Unfortunately, I was scuffed again this week, so we're
0: relying on not uh, being in the room together. So <laughs> Benny's just stolen okay. the line. On a it was on just, a I didn't think I'd I, I, I didn't think I'd interrupt, so it was pretty good. But I'm gonna I've got to talk about DJ. I know nothing about. So you <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, so you can have the next one, Boyd. So <laughs> yeah, look, DJ spin that. So lots of teams already good teams have more. Mine doesn't. Um, He is actually a perfect pairing with Daniel Johnson or Cam Bairstow. So the Adelaide boys do cover for Vic Law's um, games. I know a lot of teams are already rolling with DJ and Law. And if that is the case, you can actually leave that in your power forward slot for the rest of the year.
0: Like it. Too many cans. Is there ever such a thing? Uh, How do we feel about Pinder and Majuk Deng at the bench power forward options? Well, I've got one of those young fellas.
2: And I've got the other one.
0: Okay. And we actually got
1: Um, a question as well, didn't we, Boyd?
0: We did. What was the question again? Uh, Charlie Horse, do we think Pinder is still an okay option to park on the bench for the rest of the season with Nate now back taking those centre minutes when Zim is off instead of Pinder getting those minutes like he has been? That's the big red flag, I guess. Yeah.
2: I took a look at this one for you as well, Bordy, just Mm -hmm. to see, you know, how he has fared with and without Big Nate in that Mm -hmm. team. So averaging 28 fantasy points a game over the season, but 29 fantasy points a game in the seven games Nate has actually played minutes. So although it looked like he had an effect last game in the whole scheme of things so far, it hasn't really had an effect on Pinders' fantasy game. Um, I didn't see that last game against the Kings, but looking at mm-hmm. the box score, it looked like Deng was played off the bench, played 25 minutes, looked to have the hot hand. He had he scored a team-high 20 points, particularly towards the end of that game in the last quarter. So from what I can see, it looks like they played the hot hand with Deng off the bench, and that sort of ate into Pinders' minutes from what I can see there.
0: Yeah, I think the risk, as we were talking about, was Juwai as well. Uh, It's going to be wait and see this round. He's still, what is he about? He's almost a million bucks, isn't he? He's 930k. Um, I think for this, I'll be keeping an eye on him this round, um, both minutes and production-wise. And then if it's dramatically down, I think then the decision might have to be made to... uh, switch it up a little bit even though he's riding it out with doubles um like we've talked about in the schedule you could easily maybe if you've got a little bit of cash upgrade it to a dj or something along those lines even a bear i know he's come back a little bit but he you know you might think he's guaranteed more minutes as a starter there up in adelaide um so maybe the bear might be a better option to ride out
1: the rest of the season with but we shall wait and see center position to finish this off banksy
2: I love a good yarn. Yanni's the number one trade target for the triple in round 19. So it's the only lone triple we have for the remainder of the season. So make the most of it, you know, especially if you're trying to get up the rankings towards the end. And if you want to have Adams, Cooks, and Yanni in the same side, importantly, you're going to have to bring one of them in early if mm, you want the big three. So plan accordingly.
1: Do you really love Yarn still? you still love him?
2: I don't. I'll just follow
1: (laughs) the... uh... Well, I'll try to follow the run sheet this time, and this one definitely is fine. And my point is the Zimmerman for the moment. And I think that Zim is the perfect bench centre for those who can afford it. All right, so this way you can just put him there, knowing that you can play him if needed at a pinch. And you can use your trades, which we talked about. We've only got 12 left. And you can go from... Franks to JLA to then Yarni, then maybe J-Mart to finish it off. So all the while Zimmerman is there on your bench uh, scoring fantasy points and breaking case of emergency, I think he is a great option. I like it.
0: I like it. Get your fill. Kai Soto
1: is a good bench stash option for the rest of the
0: season for those who can't afford Zim. kind of... uh, I like it. I've really got him though um yep. so i've got to be i've got to like it but the thing i like about um just just have him sit on the bench a they've got the second was the second most games i think it's the second yeah. most games
1: doubles um, one
0: B, he's had in his last six games he's had four games
1: of 30. so and we got some information about that other one because we've mentioned what happened with soto because you're expecting mm-hmm. the big game with cam out Yep. And he had corky apparently, thanks corky, to uh, that's yeah, right. But he so... played the game against
0: New Zealand um, and had twenty minutes there for thirty point or oh, thirty three points, I think it was. So mm-hmm. obviously came back with the goods. I wouldn't be I, I, you wouldn't start him. Although I think on the weekend I was probably better off starting him over Job Reith, who I did start. Um, yep, would have been better off starting Soto. Um, but I don't think it's if you. Have you? I had to play, obviously, drop Wreath on a single, unfortunately, because of poor planning by me. Um, so I think moving forward, I, w- I don't think you want us to be starting Soto. I think he's just too risky with the Bear back as well. I think Bear had a
1: 26 on the game as well. So, um, yeah. Did you watch the last game? Adelaide, sorry, Adelaide, New Zealand? No, I did not. No, um, I, I did. Soto, went. I saw you actually putting the flame emojis in the, the Discord chat, Banks. Um, it was a great advertisement for the NBL. You had the draft. It was a highlights package. In Dieng, you had um, obviously Besson in there. Yep. So players that uh, draft prospects. And then Kai Soto went absolutely bananas. I think it was the second quarter or something like that. He just could not miss, getting boards, blocked shots. He was on fire and looked an absolute game changer there um, for a period. So good on him. um, But another man started in that game that's also a next star in Mojave King, and it just shows you that he was – can you think – put yourself back to when we found out that King and Giddy were going to be the two next stars. Um, Giddy was a second-round draft pick in that first thing, and – mojave was listed as a lottery pick it's just all gone wrong and i think that was emphasized in this game where all these draft picks were playing and mojave despite the start just like he just he genuinely needs to work out if he's going to be going to be able to stick in the nbl let alone the nba i think but um i want just another good highlights from the nbl as we have talked about it's a great league um Moving on next, let's go to the Dream Team.
3: 11 Hall
1: of Famers. I don't think you can ever do that again at no point in time.
3: If only it could all be the way you might have dreamed it up yourself. Welcome back to the Dream Team again. And we're going to look back over last week. And we got, uh, we got the starting six. Uh, so we had Norton, Cotton, Travers... Vic Law, what a round he had! And then we've got JLA and and Yanni Wetzel, who came from the clouds to uh to have a great performance there as a six man. Bit disappointing, Zimmerman. He uh he actually missed the side. Uh, he actually made the side last week uh, on a single and couldn't get there on a double. Uh, and the previous week before that, he was on a double and he couldn't make it either. So uh, maybe Zimmerman needs singles for the rest of the year to make the uh, team. Anyway, well, we're looking ahead Uh, at point guard. We've got Mitch McCarron uh, and we've got Xavier Rathen-Mays, which means I think we're a little bit thin at the point guards this week. Looking at shooting guard, we're down to McCall and Xavier Munford, who might have found a little bit of form lately. Small forwards, we've got Cleveland and Jessup. The Hawks are uh, needing a few wins, so hopefully they can get it done. Power forwards, we've got Mitch Creek, who's uh, playing phenomenal basketball. Uh, and DJ on the bench. And then we've got uh, the centres. We've got Reith, and we've got Joe Chi on the bench. Um, he might have found a little bit of form as well. Uh, he loves those offensive boards. And at six man, we've got Zimmerman again, and hopefully he can turn around his form on the doubles and uh, get our, get it done for the Dream Team. Uh, I hope you've got a few this week. I'm struggling a little bit this week. Uh, it's been a nice little change. Might be holding some of these Perth guys be claw, not a bad option to hold it power forward. Have a great evening. This group may well be the greatest team
2: ever assembled in the history of team sports.
1: All right, fellas, Nick mentioned there that he's struggling a bit this week um, with his dream team Um Interesting to see those Illawarra Hawks. Probably the last time they're going to make the dream team this week. But I think that what it shows is that um, the players that are in there aren't very strong. It's not the strongest dream team we've had. So yep. if you're not fully stacked this week, I wouldn't have too many concerns. You do you generally feel the same way?
2: Yeah, I do, but I I'm, so. I'm hoping that my Hawks, because I've, I've got a couple of these guys that they actually finish the season off well because they'll so, both be out next week after this double and they owe us sporty after the so, past couple of weeks
0: yes I agree um, Cleveland and Reith in my team so um, they definitely definitely owe me after having to start both of them on singles last week unfortunately
2: as did I
1: alright let's finish this off with some questions fantasy football need an adjudication on who to trade in this week how about a ruling on who to sit or start
3: Let's see who submitted their case for judgment in the Fantasy Full Court.
0: righty, I'll jump in first. Charlie Horse had another question. I know we talked about it earlier, but uh, do we think Cooks slash Martin fantasy points slash minutes come down slightly with Maker back to f- full, full health. health, I think that's meant to be, or because of their ladder position, those two stay solid because they play big minutes?
2: I did have a look at this one for you. So, Mm -hmm. although the Kings have three straight singles from here, so maybe not overly relevant right now, but definitely towards the end of the season in the last three weeks. Matua played 18 minutes last game with Cooks obviously missing with that ankle. Um, But if we look at the game prior to that, when Cooks was playing, um, Maker played just the nine minutes when both Cooks and Martin were in the squad together um cooks played 31 minutes in that game jmart 28 so i don't think it really affected the minutes they would have played otherwise um cooks obviously prior to the injury coming off that massive 83 and um i think jmart's only really been affected fantasy wise recently not because of maker but because he's forgotten how to rebound again like he did earlier in the season but um likely just a product of cooks has been beasting on the boards um, I think he's had three or four straight double-double games, averaged 11 boards over the past four games. So I think the only reason Jay marts not putting up those big numbers is because Cooks is just in utter beast mode prior to this injury.
1: Um, and another good thing is I don't think we need to have Cooks or Martin necessarily in our fantasy teams right now. Yep. We should get some time to look at it and see how it plays out. So we hopefully we don't have to guess too much.
0: That's it. Next one from Paddy. Thoughts on just plugging in McCall at starting SGSF for the rest of the season, just and just plan our trades around it. But we've already talked about this a lot. So sorry, that was my editing. I think i forgot to delete that. Get Do that it. out of there. Thoughts on Wreath. His output has been real down lately and bleeding cash. I'm thinking of just trading to McCall or Cheese. Can't afford JLA, as I'll be keeping Law and Cotton for next week. Centers will be Zim slash DJ from Jacob. Big
1: up, hey. So, McCall was a great trade option. Um, Reith
2: didn't even start the second half last game.
1: Mm. Um, can we go first, maybe McCall or Cheese? Oh, McCall. Yep, agree. Um, should we t- discuss Cheese? Kind of what we were talking about off pod. I thought that was pretty interesting. Banks and your your theory about um, who he's actually scored well against compared to who he doesn't. Well, well, before we get
0: Zach's question, obviously, their thoughts on cheese as a cheapest starter for those like me on a budget. Two doubles in a row, four out of the last six rounds. So go on, Banksy.
2: Yeah, well, obviously had that big score on the weekend with the 71. So if you need that risky biscuit option, well, then, yeah. But um, I think what we got to remember with cheese is he's averaged 26 points per game over his last nine games before last game. (laughs) So remember all those owners out there that have been spitting chips at cheese over the past three months, you know, this is a once off. And prior to that last game, he'd had one double-double in his last 11 games. That's terrible for the big man that he is. And, um, was almost also the most minutes he's played in a game over his last 12 games played as well. So we know with Cheese, his points per minute have always been good, but the minutes have always been lacking. But why did he play those minutes? Funnily enough, in those 12 games, the two highest in terms of minutes played for Cheese were both against United. So that would lead me to believe that that's pretty matchup dependent and a matter of trying to stop JLA and the offensive force that he has been recently
1: interesting it's different to how we would normally um, want our players um, to be coming up against dominant big men. So it's almost like the only way Joe Chi can stay on the court and I think it's a, a fault of the Phoenix who don't use him well and a little bit to himself, I just don't think he likes the physicality and he's not demanding the ball enough a lot of the time. that um, when they do switch the small defender on him, his cheese almost becomes unplayable and um, we don't take advantage of that. So you're kind of looking at JLA, the best big man, pretty well in the competition. Um, he's a key for United, so cheese is going to be out there and actually getting those minutes and putting up that good fa- fantasy points per minute production. So, um, Bordy, any thoughts on that? Do you just think stay away from cheese? Yeah, I've
0: been burned already this pro- year, and yep. so I've put, I've put the cheese away. I'll just be having Vegemite
1: on toast now. Beautiful.
2: It might have been a revenge game too, because I know JLA absolutely pantsed him in their matchup prior to that as well. So
1: yeah, it's, um, don't know who got the. Um,
2: might have been a little bit of motivation there, that extra motivation.
1: Yep. So back to Jacob's question: Would you trade if it was? Is it a luxury, I guess? But would you do um, Joub to McCall, given that we've narrowed that down and talked about cheese this
0: week? Because Juop uh, has got a double. Um, so I would write it out. I think if you've got singles elsewhere, then you need to look for where you're going to be doing with that. Um, and, I mean, they play Sem and they play Taz. So you'd think if no Magne should go okay against Taz. Against Sem, we know Jopp can shoot the three, which probably against Cheese is, is probably a good little... Uh, good, good little... Um, Weapon you at your, uh, your yeah. uh, disposal. So I would be keeping Wreath this week. I hope that he returns to previous week's form.
2: And we know the Hawks need a win. That's yep. what we do know.
1: Yep. All right, next question from Maddie: Is it worth either holding Cotton or Long through the 5-in-4 stretch? Do you think we've covered that off? I think that I ideally yeah. you would. Yep. Um, but... While we understand I some people won't be able you can to. Tr-
2: you could trade. I think I'll, I'll definitely be holding, for example, Cotton because he's got the double next week. I'm not going to trade him out and back in when we know how shallow the shooting guard position is. But, look, there is that option of after they've got next week's double, they've got the two singles, maybe you can trade out for those couple of weeks and just play the double game, bring them in for the last two rounds. It
0: comes down to cash, I reckon. Um, yep. If you've got the money where you can do it, then sure, go you know, keep them. My team, I'm struggling a little bit and I need to upgrade a little bit, so I'm thinking I will drop one of them. Yep. Most likely at this stage that will be Cotton, only because um, McCall would slide straight in there. It actually makes me some cash yep. as well as having a starter straight
1: away. Yep. Um, I think that's for Maddie, like we don't have to answer the five games in four-week stretch yet. You yep. kind of only need to answer the three games in two-week stretch. Yep. for the for the immediate future and you can reassess uh, later on
0: yeah correct Alrighty, righty um, another one six man tar- trade targets plan to go to cotton McCall to McCall and SG then Creek to SF to Re- and rowdy to six and then trade Rady out well you got to do that can't afford anyone from Frank's down mm, it's good spending money however, however it would be good to keep some cash to upgrade qual or Sunday next week. Or to bring cotton back. Well, that's the problem. You're trading that cotton. You want to bring him back. Um, so, so. Rowdy's got to go. So. Rowdy's got to go. Absolutely. Mm, tough one. Um Do you pick someone now that's got, you know, doubles at the same time as cotton, or as soon as you've got that McCall sitting in there at that SG spot by the sounds of it, is cotton a necessity? Depends on who you got. I'm guessing, was it Creek at Small Ford? Yeah. So you're not going to drop Creek next week and put McCall there to get Cotton in starting at your bench spot. I'm oh, sorry, your, um, your sh- um, shooting guard position. So a bit of a juggle
1: there. Um, so let's talk about the price points around, like if we look at price, 1.47 and below. Um, it's probably a really, really tricky price point. Um, so anyone at six man. so it is – um We're going to say Zimmerman based on what we've talked about. Zimmerman, one point three nine. I think Zimmerman because, like, with his schedule, you can write it out. So depending
0: on who he's got at center, you could just put Zim into center next week, and just then you've got the other person to burn.
2: The only problem with Zim is just the lack of flexibility if you have him yep, alternating sorry. that six man spot because you are locked to those center positions okay, with your
1: correct. six man. Yep. Just looking at. Leto's Legends top fifty team, that was nice and easy to find. Already has a big Zim. Oh, so there you go. Um doesn't have McCarran at six man. Would you advocate for that?
2: Yeah. So well, he, I think
0: the form says yes. He's averaging what forty-four or forty-five
2: of like so. Yeah, it was terrible last game. He didn't look like he wanted to be on the offense. He was That's standing his. off the ball a lot. He was not Handling the ball, I didn't think as much as he normally would.
0: That's his, uh, one, that's his worst game of the season, I think. Yeah, but prior to that, his average over the four games was something ridiculous. So,
2: watch, watching the game, I don't know if you saw it, Benny, but I, I didn't. Feel, it was like Macker had been directed not to run the ball, and he was not handling the ball anywhere near he normally would. So, who was his opponent? They played New Zealand, so Siva. Okay, but um, I, I, I look, if, if you were looking at bring in an Adelaide player, I'd probably like Bear at a cheaper price, to be honest.
1: Yeah, okay. Bear at a cheaper... Uh, what what one
2: about point, Xavier Munford? 1.24 mil. Well,
0: Munford's an interesting one with the dog, if, dog if they two want, doubles in a row. If they want
2: I, the cashback. I'm, I'm seriously looking at Xavier because I think he'll be one of the main Phoenix players to get the bump with Rowdy out.
1: Yeah, it was a complete... Oh, I don't know, state of mind change. Yeah, I haven't was. seen him that aggressive... <laughs> Really good to see from a Phoenix fan. Look good. It just has to keep it up, basically. I think that's covered off a few for you later.
0: Lucky last one for the day, the general. Thoughts on Uzum and Deng for points slash money given his improved play. 25 over the last five. Price point, 600K in seven games in
1: four rounds. So this is the one I advocated for last week. Yeah, I think Um,
0: did it. Our boy from – our man from over the – Ooh, what ocean is that?
1: Think, you didn't think about that. I'm not good with geography. Usman the Buffon. Um, I got excited um, watching Dieng and I saw, I saw people were saying, yes, yes, Uzzy, But they're talking about a century in the cricket. So that was no that was so good for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still like it. I like the position. And I think that we're at this point where you can... Do your cash grabs. If you got McCall was one we mentioned earlier, um sitting there starting for the rest of the year, you can go down to Dieng knowing that you're never gonna have to play him. He does have a triple, might be interesting at a pinch, but um I mean the thing, I think they want to get him drafted. <laughs> um so Abercrombie
2: They're purposely that, giving him opportunity right now, aren't they? It's I it's visible so. it's just, to see that he's been given the opportunity, he's been given the green light to a degree. It looks, it looks that way, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So I don't know if there's any better um, cash grabs. I think I mentioned Kenyon before as someone in, in that sort of same boat. Um, but, yeah, look, I think he, he's one of those options to do that and sit him there as long as you've got coverage and never have to play him. Fair so, call. Cool.
0: Yeah, I like it, man. It's a, a cheap option if you need to crash grab and use it elsewhere on your starting lineup. I think it's definitely an option for sure. All right, that's it for this week. So thank you to all our listeners out there. As always, you can catch us on Twitter at Beeble underscore blokes, on Facebook, basketball blokes, and on the number one source of mbl fantasy information including the game logs games logs we've uh, referred to a lot today's episode with the quiz that's it our uh, www.basketballblokes.com i think the i did forgot to slide that in is, is the number one source of mbl fantasy information until next week el Cueso es <laughs> dio el